You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. My name is Kyle, I'm your host today, and we will be breaking down the final game of the 2020-2021 basketball season for Auburn men's basketball the Tigers thankfully finish out the year with a win on the home court in Auburn Arena by the score of 78 to 71 taking down the Mississippi State Bulldogs that improves Auburn's overall record to 13 and 14 on the year and improving the SEC record to 7 and 11 I feel like there's a joke there about a gas station but nothing's coming to mind at this point so I'll just let it go <laughs> thank you for rejoining uh, us again here on uh, this show I am solo tonight on this one as we kind of started the show it's kind of serendipitous how that always happens uh, Gray Oldenburg my usual co-host is not able to join me tonight uh, but he will be back on our next episode which should be coming up very quickly here we hope to be doing a SEC tournament preview um, right after this one, if the schedule allows, yes, we can still talk about the SEC tournament, Auburn fans, even though we're not there. We can make fun of Alabama, how they're probably going to you know, fall flat on their face. Uh, probably not. But anyway, we'll talk about SEC tournament stuff when the time is appropriate during that particular episode. Right now, we need to talk about this particular game and this particular season for the Auburn Tigers and how this final game here, you know, it's kind of fitting how it all went down. Uh, with the tumultuous year that Auburn had. And Gray and I are going to sit down once basketball season is all wrapped up and kind of review the season, and we'll talk more in depth about some of this stuff here. But just with everything that Auburn has been through this season, uh, this was just a nice way to kind of, you know, obviously not make everything better, but to make things a little bit more nice and well put together as we go into the postseason here for Auburn as things start to move in motion some big questions that are going to be out there but for right now let's talk about the Auburn versus Mississippi State game which again Auburn wins 78 to 71 as I typically like to do I like to give for those who weren't able to watch or listen a little bit of a breakdown of how the game actually went so in the first half Auburn actually got off to a really hot hot start and I think it was almost four straight three-pointers that they nailed um, if not like four out of five or something like that uh, against Mississippi State. And it looked like it was going to be a pretty big uh, blowout there for Auburn in the first half. Mississippi State, to their credit, though, kind of slowed the pace down and got it under control and was actually able to on a last-second three-pointer that banked in. I didn't hear bank called, so I didn't know that bank was open on a Saturday. Uh, but they banked in a three-pointer at the buzzer to end the first half, giving them the lead 32-34 to at Auburn. So if you had watched the first half, and at the end of that first half, if you had told me that they'd be leading by two points, I would have said, you're crazy. Uh, but crazy things happen sometimes. In the second half, um, it remained kind of in Mississippi State's favor for the first part of it. All of a sudden, 
Auburn kind of hit a little bit of a streak there, and then it became a lead change fest. I mean, just several times, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Auburn was able to kind of push through those lead changes and build a little bit of a cushion, eventually resulting in the seven-point win, 78-71, to and getting them within one win of 500 on the year, which is very frustrating. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second here. You know, after all that we've been through this season, we were hoping to at least get to 500 and just to come up one game short. How frustrating is that? And, I, and that's me as a fan saying that. I'm not even a player. So I can't even imagine how frustrating that is for them. But it seemed like they were all in good spirits, very happy for the things that were happening within and around this game. Uh, with the Mississippi State game, this was a makeup game, if you remember. So this was supposed to be, I think, the fourth last game of the season. Uh, got canceled, not because of COVID, but because of the ice storm of the century that rolled through uh, the southwest and some of the southeast as well and uh, forced Mississippi State and Auburn to, I think, eventually to move their date, but then eventually postpone it altogether. Yes, that's right, because they were supposed to play on a, sa- a Tuesday. I think they moved it to a Thursday and then canceled it altogether and- to postpone it toward the end of the season. And there was It was kind of up in the air whether Auburn and Mississippi State were going to get to finish that thing and uh, I kind of wonder if some COVID-19 concerns kind of played into that in terms of is it worth it to play it uh, if, you know, Auburn's not going to be in it. But obviously Mississippi State needed it for placement in the SEC tournament and everything else going on with postseason type of play there. So the makeup game is the first big storyline out of this. And honestly, this was a very important game for Auburn, but in the sense that they needed it back when it was supposed to be. You know, if you remember correctly, with four games left, Auburn's intensity of their opponents was only going to ramp up. And I'm trying to think back to what it was, actually. And I think it was Mississippi State. Uh, then it was Florida. Then it was Tennessee. And then it was Alabama. I think I have that right. Uh, so you could see how it was going to get progressively harder for them. So it would have been a... Mississippi State's a pretty solid team. Not great, but a solid team. And they really needed to play a team like that at home in their home arena during that time to get them ready for the stretch ahead. Uh, thankfully, Auburn, during that stretch, even without the Mississippi State game, did get one win against Tennessee, an upset, which was very exciting. Uh, always good for Bruce Pearl to beat his former team. But uh, really needed it back when it was. Thankfully, we did get to actually finish this one out and get the win, which was expected to. Um, Auburn and Mississippi State in a matchup this year, they're pretty even, even though they're very two just completely different teams in terms of style of play, what they do well. Um, but they're pretty evenly matched, and so you would think that the home team each time would have the lid in their favor to win, and that obviously was the case today for Auburn. It's the final game of the season. We've talked a lot about that already, uh, what it means for Auburn. The, the fact that Auburn will get to go home with a win to end their season, and I, I will credit someone. I think it was John Carvalho uh, on uh, Twitter, the Auburn professor, who said if he's correct that – Unless a SEC team wins the NCAA tournament, Auburn will be the only team in the SEC to end their season with a win. Think about that for a second. I've, you know, there's something that you know in the back of your mind that most teams end their season with a loss, wherever they ended up at. But Auburn will be the only SEC team, the way things shook, uh, shook out on the final day, will be the only team, in theory, unless SEC team wins the whole thing, with a win. That's Kind of nice when you think about it. So it's all about finding the silver lining in a time where you're not able to p- compete in the postseason, which is obviously very, very frustrating. So final game for Auburn. Things are wrapped up nicely for them in this season uh, with the way things went down. 
This is Bruce Pearl's 600th win. Honestly, I was uh, shocked that he's had that much. And, you know, now I'm thinking back to it, to be honest with you. I remember celebrating his 500th win when he got here, uh, Auburn, a little bit earlier in his career and was like, wow, 500. So it's it's funny how time flies, and sometimes it doesn't fly as well when you think about it because it does feel like that was a long stretch of time ago. Uh, it's, I think he took him about four more seasons to get to that point here at Auburn. Uh, had obviously a couple of good seasons there that really pushed him forward to getting to 600 wins. And while those all aren't at Auburn, I think it's 138 or 9 that were at Auburn at this point. A big, a big significant portion was there, obviously, at Tennessee, going back to his days in Milwaukee. And I think Southern Indiana uh, was his other team where he got uh, most of his wins from. So 600 wins for Coach Bruce Pearl. We're very proud of him, proud of the legacy that he is building here at Auburn. And hopefully we'll be celebrating 1,200 wins at some point. Is that a little bit ambitious? <laughs> I, I don't know that uh, he'll want to be around that long, but we'll see. We'll find out. 1,200 wins. I'm calling it now. Let's do it, BP. Uh, so for this game, Mississippi State, like I said early, uh, had some trouble scoring. Auburn uh, really got off to a great start shooting the three-pointer shot, which is really what you want to see at home. Even with the, fa- uh, the fan levels being so low, they still can get pretty loud when, when Auburn's feeling it. It's a testament to what the fan base is like in that arena and the way the arena is set up acoustically as well, even with just so few uh, guests and, and, and visitors there uh, to cheer on the Tigers. Now, to uh, Mississippi State's credit, you got to give them this, is they could have gotten real panicky on the road. Last game of the season, could have phoned it at home and said, hey, look, man, we just got to get to the tournament at this point. Auburn's not even going there. Let them have this. But they fought back in this thing, and I was fairly impressed uh, with what they did to get back. And the fact that I turned around all of a sudden, they're leading with final seconds in the first half, which was absolutely shocking. Uh, so Auburn kind of got into some old habits of just driving the ball into the middle of a defense and not really thinking beforehand, not having a plan. Uh, some of that is on some of our, we'll call it odd point guard situations that we have with Alan Flanagan and Jamal Johnson. And uh, they got it figured out though, thankfully at the end, but there were some of the uh, problems that reared their ugly head um, in the first half and, resulted in Mississippi State getting uh, the the lead and, and thankfully not winning the game at the end of it. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. I do want to give a couple shout outs in this game because I think obviously uh, you're finding highlights or something that you want to take away from this game as you kind of package thing, this thing up and realize there's not anything left for Auburn. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start probably with this one because I got to give a shout out to my man, Dylan Cardwell. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the big question not on everybody's mind 
is uh, is Sharif Cooper coming back? Is how did Dylan Cardwell hit that shot? I mean, if you, if you didn't weren't able to watch or listen, basically what happened there was a ball deflected on Auburn's side. I think it was Alan Flanagan who had it deflected away from him. Uh, Dylan Cardwell catches it with his back to the basket out on the shoulder, or not the shoulder, but out, out on the wing there, with his back to the basket, turns around with the shot clock winding down beyond the three-point arc and just nails, not even like just a shot that was just thrown up on a prayer, actually a pretty nice like arcing shot, and it goes in. And that seemed to be the light switch in the second half that turned Auburn odd. It was like, we got this now. We're on a home court. We're not dealing with these shenanigans anymore from Mississippi State, and we're not about to walk out here on our home court with a loss in this already tough season that we had. I've often compared Dylan Cardwell to this guy, and I I say this with all the love and respect for Dylan. I mean, no disrespect when I say this, even though I kind of disrespect this particular player all the time. Uh, a lot of you remember Michael Carrera, who played at South Carolina, who is just the oddest conundrum of a basketball player that I've I've seen in quite some time. Uh, the guy would step out there, and he was just so like awkward and and just didn't seem put together on the basketball court. But somehow, some way, he'd be their leading scorer, their leading rebounder. He'd do amazing things, especially every time uh, they played Auburn. And Dylan, to his credit, sometimes has those tendencies as well. But when he gets comfortable, you can see how talented he is. Maybe that's the thing with Michael Carrera as well. Maybe once he got comfortable is the why, and he was just comfortable against Auburn. I just get the the you know those type of vibes from Dylan Cardwell, and it's always interesting to kind of relate that now that I'm like thankful that I have someone that can probably be that frustrating for the opposite fan base. But what a shot by Dylan Cardwell! Uh, what a way to just stay with the play and just try to make something happen. Uh, I, I would rather someone make an attempt at it and then just say, "Oh well, we just messed that one up." I uh, want to give a shout to Jamal Johnson, who we've talked a lot about in the last couple of episodes, who has risen to the occasion and being asked to take on more point guard responsibilities. And he and Allen are still sharing that a lot. But uh, the fact that giving some of that weight away from Allen flooding on the shoulders of Jamal Johnson, he's taken that and run with it and made himself, I think, more successful towards the end of the season when he's taken on that role and has allowed Alan Flanagan to be more creative. I thought he had a very good game tonight as well. And then, as I've said already, Alan Flanagan several times, you got to give him credit. What a way to go out, kind of rose to the occasion in the uh, first part of the season as the leader of the team, especially offensively, and he goes out the same way. 22 points on the day, an absolutely incredible performance for him, only punctuated by an amazing, amazing flush uh, where he just drove, I felt like it was coast to coast. I can't remember if exactly he took it himself all the way down there, but he came from pretty far away and uh, just threw down an amazing jam that you could just hear resonating throughout the gym, especially when there's not a lot of people in there. Uh, so an exciting way for him to punctuate his season, and we'll be excited to see what happens next year with him. Um, now, Bruce Pearl did say, at, apparently post-game, that he expects some, not A, or some, so that he's leaving that open to interpretation, players to test the waters of the NBA. Now remember, just because someone goes declares for the draft, they can technically go to go investigate some things and come back. Forget the logistics of all that, so I'm not going to sit here and butcher and say something wrong, but there is a certain level where they can come back. So obviously this leads us to the big question that everybody's going to be asking and wanting us to talk about it. And yes, we're going to investigate and talk about it as time goes on. Hopefully we'll have answers before then. You may even have answers by the time this podcast comes out. Is Sharif Cooper going to stay or leave for the NBA? 
I think it's pretty much a guarantee at this point that he will go test the waters and see if it's his time to leave and try to figure that out for himself. I've said this on our YouTube live streams a lot. I think the question really is at this point, what is the point guard class going to look like this year versus next year? If it's more competitive next year, I think he, and if he can, if he can see that playing out that way, he's gone. If it's maybe less or evenly competitive as compared to this year, maybe he stays and takes his chance, develops his shooting a little bit more and is able to, uh, make one more run at this thing with Auburn and Jabari Smith coming in, Trey Alexander, and several other names that we're all excited about to talk about. So that's just a little bit of future talk, um, obviously, because yeah, I know that's one of the big questions on everybody's mind. But Coach Pearl does expect a few players, maybe Alan Flanagan, maybe JT Thor to declare for the draft to see where they stand. And hopefully some, if not all, will be back in the future. Run down some stats here real quick for you all. We already mentioned Alan Flanagan leading the way with 22 points. Jamal Johnson with 14. Uh, Jalen Williams with 18. Devin Cambridge with 3. Chris Moore with 4. Babatunde Akingbola with 2. And then Dylan Cardwell with his 5 points on the day. Here's who probably had the best game for me outside of Flanagan. That's JT Thor. Now, He's not the leading scorer at all and not even in the top three in terms of the starters, especially, too. He's only got 10 points tonight. But I think his 10 points were very effective because of the other stats in his equation here. This is a guy who is built to be a bigger-bodied guy in terms of lankiness, not necessarily muscle at this point. But he's knocking down 10 points. He's 3-for-3 from the free-throw line. He leads the team in rebounds with 9, potentially almost getting a double-double. And then... He also has a few assists and then a few turnovers as well, but not many. He just, th- I thought he had a very well-rounded game and did exactly what we needed him to do at certain points of the game. So that's why I kind of key off of his stat line there. And I'm really impressed with uh, what he did for the Tigers in this game as well. Obviously good to see Preston Cook and Laura Behrman getting into the lineup again and seeing continuing more time, obviously facilitated by uh, the injuries to Powell and Sharif Cooper that have allowed them to see more time, but uh, always nice to see players who don't get much of that out there again. I want to give a shout-out to my man Stretch Akingbola. Man's got to settle down. He got two, He got a dunk on the night, but he missed another one right under the basket. Uh, I, I have a lot of sympathy for him because I was that player too when I was playing. Yeah, I didn't get the ball that often. When you did, you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to score now, and then just kind of get overexcited about it and don't just take it easy and, uh, do just the simple things to make sure you run a successful play there to score or or, or whatever uh, participation you're doing at that point. Let's run down some team stats. Pretty even game in a lot of categories, especially field goal percentage, 45 for Mississippi State, 44 for Auburn. So Mississippi State got the win in that category, but just not enough to win the game. Auburn far superior in three-point percentage, 33 to 20%. Field goal, per, uh, excuse me, uh, free throw percentage as well, 87%. Clapping silent here so I don't bust people's eardrums out. That's the way my Auburn Tigers go out. I'm very happy about 87% from the field. 13 of 15. Only nine turnovers for the Tigers and Mississippi State as well. Uh, They got out-rebounded by six. Uh, Auburn did. Mississippi State did win that in both categories as well. Um, And then points in the paint. Mississippi State won two. Very comparable to the rebounds per game. And defensively, um, Auburn does kind of do the same thing as them as well. Maybe it gets one up on them, six uh, blocks and three steals compared to two blocks and six steals from Mississippi State. So 
up and down this, you kind of see either some evenness or some give and take in certain areas, resulting in my statement earlier at the podcast outset that these were two very evenly matched teams that uh, met at probably the right time at the end of the season. And we saw, that's why we saw such an even, close, and oddly just back and forth game at times. It says there were only 10 lead changes. I swear there were more than that. But uh, probably right on the nose at 10. It just felt like a more at time. Really enjoyed this game to end the season. I know at this point this is just weird. We're all like, I want more. This team's got more in them, even though they've had some struggles at times. But we're not going to get that. It's just the way things go and sometimes the luck of the draw that you're handed. And uh, because of sins of the past, we're having to uh, suffer the consequences of that now. Lots of big questions coming up. Sharif Cooper, what will happen with him? Uh, there are some people speculating because of things he posts on social media. Maybe he is deciding to at least test the waters or not. My advice to everybody is, is go with what you know right now is that he is part of the team. Until that changes, maybe don't read too much into social media. But I obviously understand the ease with which it is to fall for some of that because I do it myself. Um, Like I said, we will come back very soon once all of college basketball is wrapped up and do a season review. And there will be a lot to talk about with this game with frustrating things, some high points as well. Uh, the phenom that was Justin Powell, that was Sharif Cooper, all that will be wrapped up in that show. We'll also be doing a March Madness Bracket Challenge as well. Hope you'll participate in that as well as preview shows for March Madness. We're going to be doing a preview for uh, SEC Tournament as well, time allowing, and I hope that you'll be tuning into all that. So stick around because just because the basketball season for Auburn is done, doesn't mean we're done talking about college basketball here. But I appreciate each of you tuning into this episode. If you want to find me, you can do so on social media, on Twitter, at TigerEye24. That's all I have for you in this episode. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?